random encounter at a broadcasting facility, a shared interest and love of all things Marvel, Excelsior, a misinterpreted program title, and behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick, podcaster and comic book enthusiast, and Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelist Presents Legal Counsel, a She-Hulk podcast. I'm the Honorable Peter Melnick. And okay, I'm the Honorable Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the Honorable Tin Can String, we are joined with the Honorable Ryan Michael Toon. Ryan Michael Toon. Hello. Good evening. And court is in session. So you say. <laughs> I love that nonchalant shrug of, eh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> That's all right. Let's just do this because it's the last time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So this is episode number nine. Whose show is this? Number nine, number nine. Jen nine, finds herself nine. in trouble with the law and struggles to pick up the pieces of her life. She fought the law and... Cue the she... average white band, please. Okay, before we even get off, get on topic of the episode itself, music-wise, I love that the uh, song I love to see. I'd love to see the bright lights tonight by Richard Linda Thompson, just randomly played. I'm like, I was obsessed with them last year. Why is that playing now all of a sudden? So, excellent song. And by the way, another song I recommend by them, "The Wall of Death." Excellent. Do song. you? Yeah, it's okay. actually an album where it's every other track is the guy or the lady singing. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it right there and leave it at that. I, I was got, just going to throw in... And then they got divorced. Hooray! The fact that they were, we are recording this on uh, October 13th tells me that none of the three of us have decided to get to the premiere of Halloween Ends. I mean... Yeah. I will, I'm but not today. I'm more the 13th guy anyway. Yep. Just the date thing. So, Ryan, sure. would you be up for that at some point? I, I do like the Halloween movies. I'm more of a classic uh, Universal movie monster guy. When an, that that's my brand of horror. I love anything that uh, brings back those original dudes and dudettes. Uh, you have <laughs> Dude- <laughs> the Bride Dude- of Frankenstein. Dudaroonies. Well, this show starts off. This episode starts off to me with an OMG in my brain. The Incredible Hulk TV show tribute. Homage. I was dying, and you were the first person I thought of Absolutely. when that was happening. I'm just like, oh my god! I know this is the part that Eddie's gonna love. I love. It was you know note for note the style of cameras they were using, the lighting and everything, right down to the aspect ratio. I loved the hell out of it. Even the audio quality. It had that like tinny kind of sound of the 1970s, 1980s. Right. And just before you got to that opening visual of the, the close-up of the danger button illuminating was Marvel Studios in red. I'm like, okay, it should be going green now. Oh, no, wait, it's breaking up. It's breaking up. <laughs> just amazing stuff. And to be honest, that was uh, the the finale with this, with utilizing the original Incredible Hulk TV series, which, by the way, Marvel, Disney, make up with uh, Universal a little bit. I want to watch The Incredible Hulk on the award-winning Disney+. Plus. We got Zorro on there. Ooh. All two seasons of <laughs> Zorro, by the way, 70-something episodes. Really great stuff. I can't recommend it enough, but I digress. But 12-issue Marvel comic book, too. Is it really? With Zorro? I have it. Neat. I'll check that out. At the end of my alphabet. As I, love that, I love that it is how you know it. <laughs> 
Eddie Wilson ABCs next time. I will have to pee. But you know what's really funny is with uh, <laughs> the whole Incredible Hulk thing, again, they nailed the tone down. And obviously it's just a dream, you know. She's kind of like, uh, what's his name, um, the Notorious B.I.G. Because it was all a dream, ladies and gentlemen. I'm thinking of Kathy Dennis with some uh, Rick Astley background vocal. Just another dream. Well, with this... Well, it's hard to believe. Uh, that was 40 years ago uh, when the Incredible Hulk wrapped up. Um, we have not, this is the first live action Hulk show since, and that's kind of nuts when you think about it. I know Guillermo del Toro wanted to do one, um, and then there were so many talks of it. It feels like uh, it can't be 40 years, but it's been 40 years since we've had a live action Hulk TV show. And even, you know, we had some kid shows, and, but, and this is really the first major Hulk TV show period in 40 years. So I really love that they, uh, they brought it full circle with that homage at the beginning of this episode. And, you know, I thought it was going to be like a commercial. I thought it was going to be some nod to, uh, you know, Jen getting her own law firm and maybe making a cheap commercial like, you know, The Wiz or uh, um, Carpet Salesman type commercials or something. But no, instead it was this just complete, like you said, shot for shot, angle for angle, um, resolution for resolution. It was perfect. Yep. Really enjoyable. And then we skip right to the savage consequences, as I've written down from the last episode. And man, talk about the, you know what, hitting the fan. Seeing her in that little prison jumpsuit thing, all I could think was, when did she get a Peacemaker shirt? (laughs) (laughs) It looked just like Uh, it. uh, Do you really, do you really want to taste it? That would have been a breach of something if she did go into that. I think it'd be funny if they could technically utilize that. I mean, it's you know, um, it's licensed music. You know, as long as Disney, you know, ponies up. I suppose. Why not? But uh, but things start spiraling in the reverse direction, and uh, what she's got to be living with her parents now. The uh, what her millennial dream. Dennis is on TV saying she was psycho before her superpowers. Um, I guess there was a little nod to the legally blonde poster, also. I would say so. Yeah. I'm surprised there was no comeuppance for that at the end when she was making sure everyone, uh, all the plot threads ended the way uh, Jen wanted to. There was no comeuppance for that guy that just went on national TV and lied about dating her. I thought that mm. on a rewatch, because I had to rewatch it immediately, um, I thought that, that that was one of the strange things that I, I noticed. You know, unless he was just getting his 15 minutes of fame type of thing, I don't know. Honestly, yeah, it's usually something like that. Like, the way he was... You know, whenever a big thing happens, like a big news event, they will bring in as many people closely related or as loosely closely related as humanly possible. Like, I always go with, you know, when uh, the wrestler Chris Benoit had his wacky misadventures that weekend and had a lot of murders. What ended up (laughs) happening was they actually used, you know, professional wrestlers that never shared a locker room with him or, like, never really met him. But they're like, they're a wrestler, right? Throw them on there. They're They're close enough. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little, like little things like that, you know? I like the nod to uh, Jen's mom when she corrects herself and says, can you move the bookcase? Oh, oh, you can't be that her girl Hulk anymore. It's she Hulk. <laughs> I, again, I love stuff like that. I thought the use of uh, humor in this episode was really well done. And just like it's, it, it's cute in the right moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So yeah, though I, uh, again about the cute family thing. Um, when I was do, uh, doing a rewatch, I didn't notice in the very first episode um, when she's using the chopsticks. Uh, he calls her. Uh, Bruce says, "Wow, you're a genius." Uh, no, she goes, "I'm not. The, see, you're not the only genius in the family." And he goes, "Yeah, there's also Chet." And I just assumed that was an actual also genius in the family. Um, I didn't realize it was kind of a, a joke because Chet is her, of course, crazy DJing uh, guy that doesn't even know how to change a tire. No. So I thought that was a really funny family Easter egg on a rewatch that, you know, th- they love each other but poke fun into each other and drive each other crazy. So. Well, shout out to uh, former guest co-host of this program, Matt Cascone. He ended up going to New York Comic Con this weekend with ourselves, and he ended up doing his best uh, cosplay of Oscar Isaac with the bag of Cheetos and the chopsticks. Nice. So. Very and he cool. got to do it in front of Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. So, I think I saw that picture. Yeah, it was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the fourth wall breakings agendas, I think, in the beginning is saying, "Oh wait, no, no narrator," and and Emil, no, not an escape that she's going to go there. It's just a mental health break, and we know that term, mental health break. Yeah. So now, in regard, now what what's next, Eddie? Uh, we find out that Todd created Intelligentsia, and he is hulking. And it was literally, the whole thing of that was literally a MRA meeting, male rights activists, and just watching them hem and haw and have their little piss, their pissy shitties and just watching them go around doing their thing. It was kind of fun to watch because I'm just like, I've, I've seen these Redditors in real life. So, yeah, And having Pug be the plant, as I called it, in, an all, in the all-guy uh, meeting and stuff, female or She-Hulk bashing on, on a couple of levels. So, so yeah. Uh, but when Bro was I, said, I realized that he had te- he had texted that, and then he said, "I'm like, oh no, this is him." Yeah, I really identified with uh, the skin crawling of Pug um, when I first started working in restaurants. I, I had never met uh, like my I, I I didn't know my friends were as cool as they were, and then I finally met a few sleaze balls uh, when I became a waiter that would use tricks like, "Oh hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Can I get a hug?" and just say like just have all these little tricks and all these little things and it, it really grossed me out to know that there were guys like that out there that that had these maneuvers and all this stuff so when i saw pug that like i just can't say this i just can't do this i can't be one of these guys like i i i i, I identified with that a lot as anytime now i have a hard time ever asking a female friend for a hug if i'm being honest because i don't ever want to come across as that guy that's just trying to get some contact so uh I, I would never want to be confused with a creep. So I, I <laughs> felt very strongly in that scene. I think moving on to that, we find out Abomination is the guest speaker. So what has Emil not come forward with in complete totality? Um, but beyond that, of course, we find out that Todd had hired Josh to get Jen's blood. I don't know if it would have been beneficial if we saw what uh, Josh was up to now. His part in this, you know, was done, so I guess they didn't, you know, he didn't have to come back into any scene or whatnot. And then we start seeing all these characters after the uh, ejection that Todd gives himself. We have Titania. We have Bruce coming in. None of these storylines make sense. I thought it was hilarious that they're acknowledging that there are problems with the show. And they, you know, Marvel will go to the tropes all the time. And that's why when we changed up the ending with the villain... I was surprised they didn't kill the villain because that's another Marvel trope, which you kill the villain off. And it's like, uh, but I like them. 
you, well, that's you, too bad. You spent this time establishing the character, and now no more. Yeah. yeah, and it can be a bit of a you know a sticky situation where that's happening, and I feel, eh, 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 eh. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, and then we take it back to uh, well, getting to the menu of you know the show you're selecting here, and she Hulk. Um, I was dying <laughs> at that one again because again, the first off. You know Disney might have this layout, the layout for our Disney Plus, well in hand for years to come if they're actually using that where it's not going to look dated in 10 years. So fingers crossed, you know, they maintain the same uh, layout and overlay and all that stuff, design uh, concept. But I got a real big kick out of seeing that. And She-Hulk on the She-Hulk production set and told that this is the story that Kevin wants. Of a guy named Brady. I mean, you didn't need to unmute me for that one, Eddie. You know, but, you know, you're having your little... My conniption. Over there. And here comes a non-disclosure agreement. Everybody signs one. Yeah, okay. I started... <laughs> I did get a sense... I don't know if you did too, Ryan or Peter, a sense of at least one of the Mel Brooks films, where you go behind the scenes and you see what's happening. See, all Oh, I'm... yeah, that was, there was a lot of blazing saddles there, for sure. Mm-hmm. See, when you mentioned that, all I could think of is the, uh, the fight in the uh, commissary. Yeah, and the set falling down, the other other things like that. It's a Little Mermaid this. production with Josh Rosengrant. Mm, that well, that was you know too soon, Josh. Not everybody probably. knows, but they should. I did it. I did enjoy that. Um, that he said everyone signs an NDA, and all I could think of was like even intruders, <laughs> even <laughs> even even burglars have to sign the NDA before the, they're hauled away by the police. I thought that was. Right, right. And then they have to, I guess somebody had to come up with what Kevin actually stood for, and I had it as what? Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus. And it's K-E-V-I-N-S show. Decisions, something. The way the way they, they did that. Oh, and then it was, oh, then it was like uh, Jen's closing argument. So, you know, we totally have a different perspective on what's happening with the interaction of Jen and the robot Ken, the, the machine or whatever, and <laughs> the robot Ken, the him's, robot Ken, and him, it, Kevin, saying, "You are sitting," like, "Oh no, this is not what we planned," or, "What's the big deal, sitting?" I don't, you know. Uh, but the big thing was, and I think a lot of it had to do with what Peter said throughout many of these episodes of what people on social are asking and speculating and saying and should happen, and Jen. You know, putting the thumbs up after she says, when are we getting the X-Men? Oh, my God. I was dying when that line happened because that <laughs> yeah, is, that cool. let's be honest, that is what we're all thinking. And, you know, at this point, when do you think, gentlemen, that this is going to happen? When do you think we're going to see Mar- Marvel's Merry Mutants? Well, I mean, it's hard to guess at this point because I certainly didn't think we'd have any kind of teases or mention of it in Ms. Marvel. So, I'm going to go with within a year. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Excellent point, Sean. It's, ga- it's got to be shy of two years because that's the projected release of Wolverine and Deadpool. So, yeah, I, I think I think a year. I, I I would say as soon as it's a year, anything's fair game. So sure. we'll see we'll see it any time after a year. Notwithstanding, I think I saw a friend of the show, Trey Stone, sending me a notice about Marvel bumping a few things. 
Yeah, they lost the director to um, Blade, and they had they thought they would be able to recover quickly, get a new director, and keep everything on schedule. But uh, I guess they're going to shift things around because they have yet to find a replacement for Blade. Yeah. So that's the peril of I mean, forecasting, projecting, what, two years? As far as even what was it, what month it is for the, the Fantastic Four movie? We're just about two years away. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. In regards to this episode, going over to the whole issue of the breaking the fourth wall scene, just this big elaborate thing. Do you think it was needed for this episode? Because I feel... If you have She-Hulk, a character who is known for breaking the fourth wall at a moment's notice, doing this as this big elaborate thing at the very end is 110% perfect. I thought that fit, it works for the character, but going in such a grandiose fashion as with this, with her literally going all the way to California to the Marvel offices, I thought it was perfect. I feel it doubled down on a small bit of foreshadowing from the first episode when Jen apologizes to Bruce. She goes, I'm sorry, even though everything I said was true. Uh, and he goes, wow, that's a very lawyer thing to do, apologize, but then double down on it. And that's kind of what the show I felt did by having that finale. That finale, if you hate the show, that finale was just going to piss you off even more. Yeah. If you like the show, that finale was going to make you like the show even more. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's exactly what they did there was that they just doubled down and said, screw it, we're going to take this huge swing. You're either going to love it, you're going to hate it, but that's that's our show. Right. Either either way, no, probably no in-between there. So love it or hate it, this is what it is. And Yep. Okay. And, yeah, we have the Daredevil dropping. We have Titania. We have Emil getting 10 years for probation violation. What a cluster F of an ending, like, with all of that, all of those villains showing up and everything. It's, like, literally... A, it it you guys made the comparison with the breaking the fourth wall going to the commissary and all that stuff of Marvel Studios it reminded me of the ending of Blazing Saddles with everybody being there even the song and dance people I thought it was hilarious so to see Titania make her return was something that was really appreciated you know but I feel like they should have included him but he shows up later in the episode spoilers Wong the fact Wong didn't just randomly show up that would have been hilarious mm-hmm. well we get to the very end, and he correct yeah, the credit scene. But then we have uh, the the Jen Jennifer Walters family outdoor gathering and the Daredevil Inquisition, and you know does that make money? You're practicing in Hell's Kitchen and and all that stuff, and and uh, Bruce Hulk shows up, and boom, he's got a son, Smug Hulk. <laughs> I I was again 
just I got a real big kick out of seeing Smug Hulk as her uh, as his uh, contact in the phone. Yeah, yeah, she's changed it. Yeah, <laughs> I missed that. Okay, mm-hmm. so now with uh, with what's his name with Scar it, making his debut. His name is Scar with two A's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did either of you expect this to happen? Because I certainly did not. Mm-mm. Absolutely, I saw uh, as soon as I saw him after she said we'd wait for the movie, and then he showed up anyway. I was like, oh, oh my God, what is about to happen? Because if he's showing up early, they they just told us we're not going to talk about Bruce. That's going to wait for the movie, the the quote unquote the movie. So that mm-hmm. alone is this huge, oh my God, officially we're getting a Hulk movie coming. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you think it's going to be but, a Hulk movie, or do you think it's going to be a Hulk Disney Plus maxi series? I mean, <laughs> uh, whether whether it's released in cinema or not, it sounds like it's going to be a movie, um, even if it's just some two and a half hour uh, movie that goes straight to Disney Plus to find a loophole. I think we're going to see World War Hulk, where whatever happened on Sakaar is going to come home to roost, and uh, Scar and uh, Hulk and She-Hulk will lead. Earth's forces, and you know we're going to re- rework it. It's obviously going to be different than the movies because Planet Hulk. Uh, I'm sorry, different than the comics because Planet Hulk was different than the comics. But um, yeah, I, I'm very excited because what else could Scar mean besides we're going to see lots more of uh, Sakar and the uh, the old ones and all that stuff. Uh, Scar was played by. I made sure to look. Was this just a model or was this actually an actor? It is an actor. He was on uh, Stargirl on the CW. His name is Will Dushner, or Dusner. I'm not uh, apologies. I don't know how to say it, but Why'd you call Will Dusner d- is Scar. Why'd you call him a douche? That's that was rude. Yeah, he did well, back it up. That's, just you know, he did. He did. Yeah. No, I, I thought I wasn't sure if it's Planet or not Planet Hulk. This is about the point in my Hulk reading that I need to start getting back to. Because somewhere in the early '90s is where I dropped off of all the faces of the Earth of the Marvel titles, but but we have now. Uh, well, welcome back, Eddie. Thank <laughs> you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome. That is certainly back. where it gets good again, and that's where, um, as a as an MCU fan moving forward, you're going to want to jump into because uh, we get Planet Hulk, followed by World War Hulk, yep. followed by the Red Hulk saga, followed by A vs X which uh, sets up the secret wars and everything else that happens in uh, Hickman's run. So it, it kind of all starts with Planet Hulk getting the, MC, uh, the Marvel comics back on track. Yeah. Shout out, by the way, to Jonathan Hickman, who punched me in the face during New York Comic Con. Hmm. Oh, nice. I didn't tell you about this, Eddie. Mm, I don't know. Would you I'll, care to divulge we'll, now? We'll, we'll talk about it off mic. But anyway, <laughs> I got punched by uh, Jonathan Hickman and Colt Cabana. It was a wonderful time had by all. Except you or including well, you? Eh, well, you know. But I'm not sure, but... Um, <laughs> anyway. How wonderful did She-Hulk look in that purple suit? I thought the, the purple oh, suit... Oh, yes, at the end. Mm-hmm. What are you wearing, She-Hulk? Get the hell away from me. That's, That's exactly right. Ah, the <laughs> difficult diva of law herself. And again, I love little things like that. The nickname of the difficult diva of law. That is perfect. And like, it's one of those, like, you can hear that name, like, said by, uh, like, I could see that as a T-shirt, to be honest. Probably just, you know, coined a new phrase. In... Yeah. And by the way, just a mini aside, New York Comic Con, I saw so many She-Hulks, so. That's cool. Any pictures to prove it? Well, no. 
He doesn't know me after all this time, Ryan. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm lazy with a lot of cosplays these days. If it's of a very, very famous character, I assume there's going to be uh, other people taking much better, higher quality with higher quality cameras than me. This. So I assume I'll just see it later. I, I take more of the deep cuts that only I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. Those are the pictures I take these days. All right. Now that we have that figured out, I've got the i14 Pro, gosh darn it. And it works real good, too. So in the credits, we have Kevin reading She-Hulk number one. I like that. Did we miss that? Oh, right, that? right. He was going all the way back to the original first appearance. Yeah, yeah. And I think in the song, I don't know if it's the same artist. Was it Lizzo or um, or Megan Thee Stallion? B- maybe? B-D-E. B- I could not believe we got B-D-E referenced in this show. Is that... Uh, is that who it was? Eddie, I don't know. Eddie, cover your ears. I don't know. Volume it's, two. It's, believe it. It's Rerun this. It's adult language that's coming up. It is oh, it's short for big dick energy. She got that big well, dick that's, energy. Well, that's just cray-cray. Okay. Eddie, you were supposed to cover your ears. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I thought the headphones were doing that. But anyway. Well, no. Because you, you still am fed through there, Eddie. <laughs> you didn't think through. Yes, I did not. You need a conchu sweat jacket, by the way. Yes, I am. Oh boy, it's a nice one. And when you put the hood up, it covers more of your face. Oh, <laughs> I knocked good. my headphones off. Th- th- you see? see, you see the cowl. The the cowl. There oh, we go. Boy. As I knock everything over. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So. And Wong takes Emil out of his cell. Okay, so there was a line he said. Going to Comitage. It was going to another show. <sighs> was that breaking the fourth wall and acknowledging? Yeah, he's just showing up in all these shows now. Well, not in the traditional sense, I don't think. But it but was like intended to be that for the audience. Am I correct? I, it I had guess. to be. Because when I heard that, I'm like, you cheeky bastards. I like that. <laughs> I really liked that one. I'm like, that's actually really funny. Well, actually, now that it now you know, we talked about full circle again, and this is what got Wong in trouble to begin with in, in one of the first, if not the first episode, was Wong breaking out Emil from his confinement, and now they're going to Kramatage. So... Did we get a redemption for him at all for Abomination? Because he's literally a paid speaker, and it's it's more to the effect of, yeah, I just took a gig. You know, they paid me money. I'm Maybe like, I like I get, unfor- like it's funny because when I used to uh, do graphic design work full time, like one of the things was you have to like know who your clients are, like who you're working with, and it's the the morals of it. Like, do you want to work with this company that does this, does this? I used to work for a company that passed like sold cigarettes. I don't smoke. I'm against cigarette smoking. But a paycheck, a paycheck, mm-hmm. you know. So it mm-hmm. is that element of where he's coming from, the the ethics of it all, you know. And mm-hmm. eh, at the end of the day, eh, eh, eh. Peter- I think they tried to show his instant remorse by the way he protected Jen immediately he when uh, Hulk Hulk Todd took a swing at her. Uh, Abomination jumped in immediately to make sure Jen was okay. Hmm. Which you know. If we're seeing him to be a part of the uh, upcoming Thunderbolts movie, cool. Give it to us. You know, that's you need a character like him in Thunderbolts, by the way, because to have him be that big lumbering monster, all of these supergroups need a big lumbering monster. You got it with Groot and the Guardians of the Galaxy. You got it with uh, John Kerry in the Senate. I don't know. You know, you got like all these different like lumbering yeah. monsters. But, you know, there's so much that you can do. Yeah, I so. think I, I don't think the team for the Thunderbolts is the team. I think there's going to be a lot of shaking up. Either we're going to add members, uh, they're going to quit and form the Secret Avengers, and we're going to replace the Thunderbolts with all the uh, the other characters that we assumed would be in it, like Zemo and uh, 
abomination. So I, th- I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of shaking up with the members, despite what they officially announced. So overall, uh, this season and like it, it's going to be probably getting a second season, regardless of all you know the uh, neckbeards bitching. So, hooray! How good was her heartbreaking when Kevin said? We will see you in the movies. And she went, oh, really? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, like, oh, my God. Tatiana played that perfectly. Oh. I, I think Shulky works best right now as, you know, a, a TV series. But when she can make the jump to the big screen, do it. Do it up. Do it big. That'll be a fun time. Like I could see them, you know, even like acknowledging little things, like in the big screen, breaking the uh, third or breaking the fourth wall, because almost all Marvel movies are 3D. Acknowledge, yeah, this is where the 3D effects come in. If you went to that screening, you know, it's like something like that. Yeah. But there's gonna be a lot of fun to be had with her character. So we'll see what happens. Again, I enjoyed the show. Apparently, you know, because I'm a guy, because I have a penis, I'm not allowed to like the show. I liked the show. I thought it was funny. It was a. It's. It's a sitcom, and it's one of those kind of sitcoms I can literally put on playing in the background, and I'll know exactly what's still going on. You know, compare that to, like, oh, shit, i got to watch this show and actually pay attention to every single little detail. Huh, sitcom, mindless comedy, we're good to go. I I do love that they doubled down on their style and saw it through because they, um, e- even the other shows, they all start very strong in their genre and all kind of eventually just circle back to feeling more MCU-y. Uh, less like a drama, less like a weird TV show, less like an espionage show. They all just eventually come back to generic MCU feeling. And that's what I think they addressed here. This was a sitcom comedy from beginning to end. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I love seeing Daredevil again. So seeing great, him, great first season. Seeing him in the, uh, the Hulkamania colors of Red and Yellow Brother. I love seeing uh, that happen. I love seeing, and actually, the Red and Yellow Daredevil costume sucks in the comics. It is one of the worst-looking costumes. It doesn't make sense. But seeing it make the translation to the big screen and actually looking pretty cool, I'm on board with that. I love the original red costume from you know the TV show, but I like this one maybe a little bit more. It's certainly good for the MCU change. It's, it's good for a visual distinction that you can say, this is the MCU version where he's a little... Uh, He's happier. I, I know I was discussing with someone, why do you think he's so different? Because this is Matt being Daredevil. And all the other versions, they were almost, he almost became someone else. But Matt was always funny. Like, you know, people said, like, oh, this guy's different. He's not different. This is Matt. Matt was always hilarious. And now he's just allowing himself to be Matt while still in the Daredevil persona. So. Mm-hmm. Now, he just basically merged the best parts of himself. Now, Eddie, when I said the costume sucks in the red and the yellow, you scoffed a little. Do you like the red and the yellow, Eddie? I'm good with it. In the comics? Which, this is what we had to <laughs> deal with. I mean, it was the coloring and the shading. For and six so, issues. You know, for six issues. <laughs> That's why they changed it. God bless Wally Wood. Okay. But just seeing that, you know, in the comics, the comics version, it just doesn't look right. It looks a little funky. It looks a little weird. Like, it's just hodgepodge. But then you give him a solid straight color, boom, you're good to go. But for this, I want to know why he's got the red and yellow. Like, they need to explain it, like, down the line. So, fingers crossed they will. Maybe it was a boxing-related thing to his father. I, I mean, it might be. It really might be. Battle in Jack Murdoch. Uh, yeah. that, no, that is, that is 100% correct. If you go back to the uh, original, uh, the, the Netflix one, they made sure 
to make his uh, robe uh, the, the original Daredevil colors as an Easter egg. So, yes, it is, it is the same colors as uh, Battling Jack. Very cool. So, yeah, solid season. Looking forward to what season two, potentially, if it's announced, could bring. And I'm, I'm excited for more uh, Man Baby tears. More Wrecking Crew, <laughs> yes. Sure, <laughs> sure. I don't care, but <laughs> sure. More Guard Frog. Or no, wasn't it Leapfrog? Yes, but he started what? saying he frog. was the Guard Frog. He's like, he's like uh, the man of a thousand names, <laughs> well, except it's three. Two. Or, well, he's, I thought it was Frogman a little. I've been calling him Frogman this whole time, and no one's been correcting me? I'm making an idiot of myself. And Peter leaves the room. <laughs> All right, so for the Marvel. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. I, Eddie, you get to you get to close the case though. Change your persona, because you've got the Mooney outfit again. Booyaka, booyaka, six one nine. Anyway, <clears throat> for the Marvel. Oh wait, no. Before we even close the show, Ryan, how can people get a hold of you on them? Our social medias. How dare you? I am everywhere at Ryan Michael Toon, T-O-O-N, like cartoon. And for the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Ryan Michael. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Case dismissed. <laughs>